Dear Lord, we thank you for another chance to see another day. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be in our right mind, to breathe, to move, to think, and to ultimately have life. Another chance to walk in the will that you have for us, to be able to understand your word, to draw closer to you, to know exactly what it is that you will have us do in this season and how we can continue to be the light and the salt of this earth. We thank you for what you did on the cross, setting us free from sin, free from everlasting contempt, giving us the undeserving opportunity to spend eternity with you. We thank you for your grace and mercy and your holy name, Yeshua the Christ, we pray. Amen. So we are going to talk about a very, very urgent topic in this season, something we all need to hear, um, we need to really focus and pay attention to, and it is the urgent and important need of the Holy Spirit in this season. And it's not just having the Holy Spirit we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about hearing from the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and continue to let the Holy Spirit lead us in this season. Uh, in Matthew 24, verse 24, Christ said, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. If you are spiritually discerning, you can look around the world to see the mass deception that has captivated many people. You name it, there is everything from uh, preachers to politicians, family members, um, you, it's it's everywhere. It's not what it used to be where there is, you know, maybe a pocket of people, you know, and, and there weren't so many obvious things that showed what was going on in the world. And there was a way that people say, well, maybe that's not really what's happening. But people are sadly blind and deceived to what is going on in the world. Jesus told us that there will be certain events that will take place that will signify his return, that he would be coming soon. And he named diseases and earthquakes and famines, wars, rumors of wars. He, he first tells us that there's false Christ will, that are, will arise. He even talks about earthquakes. And it's happening everywhere, all the time, in, in a significant uh amount. It's not as if it's just a pocket or a few little instances. It's all over the place. Today, there's at least 10,000 diseases worldwide. Uh, when, you, there, when you look at the sky, people have reported thousands of sightings every year. Different things that just don't look like a clear, smooth sky or maybe even a rainy day. There, was these, there are these odd, completely standout images and signs that are in the sky. A third of the world have sufficient food. A third of the world go to bed hungry. There's more than 12,000 earthquakes globally that happen that are at least a 4.0 or greater. There are tons of preachers, many, who preach a gospel that is nowhere found in the Bible. From your most prominent preachers, to the mom and pop, if you will, shops on the corner. 
and there are more than 50 ongoing international wars happening as we speak. And unfortunately, when you make these points known, there are many people who say they are followers of Jesus Christ. They are Christians and they don't believe it. I had a gentleman tell me the other day that the only reason why we know these things are happening because everyone has a cell phone. And it's easier to get the information and someone can post something as quick as as the speed of light. And this person yet says that they follow Jesus Christ. And here it tells us what to look out for. And I can tell you the reason why people lack not just the, the, the vision, the, the sight and discernment to, to recognize these times, but the ability to walk in the will of God to do what he's commanded us to do is because they don't have the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit in Hebrew is the Ruach Kadesh. That is the name for the Holy Spirit. And Christ told the disciples, he said that he's gonna, when he goes back to heaven, he said, I have to go. And he said, if I don't go, the comforter, the Holy Spirit will not come. He said, but when I send him, he said, he will guide you in all truth, all truth. I've had uh, a lot of people tell me, especially in the recent times, that there's several books missing out of the Bible. Um, I've heard that there was 75, there was 14, there was five, all these different books that somehow didn't make it in for whatever the reason may be. Well, I, I believe God being... Jehovah Jireh, knowing the end from the beginning, the first and the last, he knew this was going to happen. He knew there were going to be some confusion about which books go in the Bible, if books were removed, how they were removed, how people were going to use the Bible. This is why he said he will send the spirit of truth. In John 16, 13, he says, and he will guide you in all truths, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and he will declare what is to come. The disciples had to have the Holy Spirit in order to not just uh, teach us, show us, re record uh, the truths that Christ gave, but also walk them out. Because there, if you look at Paul, he, he talked to the Galatians, he he talked to Romans, the believers in, in, in Thessalonica, and he was getting on them about being led astray, going back to trying to live under the law or being deceived by uh, different people who claim to be uh, apostles or, or ministers, false Christ. And the reason why he was continuing to get on these individuals is because they weren't walking by the Spirit. They're walking according to their understanding, their perspectives. And unfortunately, we, we have been led for many decades to believe that the Spirit of God is just some type of thing out there that makes you move a certain way or act a certain way. And you only get it if you're in the moment at church or someone lays their hand on you, whatever the case may be. And because we didn't have the true understanding of the Holy Spirit, we haven't walked in his truth. And now, as I said before, we are in the season of mass deception and Christians are dropping like flies. It's a very, very sad thing to see.
people can have these very deep, intellectual, profound conversations with you about what they believe the Bible says, their understanding, and you know, try to get real deep with you and completely miss the surface of God's truth because the spirit of God is what makes the truth known. The, 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 the Bible tells us, Paul, or Jesus tells us in John 16, 13, that he, that he will not even speak of his own. The Holy Spirit won't speak on his own, but he will speak in accordance to what is made known to him by God. But everybody today, or at least a lot of people today, have their own perspectives. They will tell you what they think and say, I believe, I feel, I assume. You know, they give their, uh, their, their, their descriptions of what they uh, consider to be true regarding his word. And, and sadly, they're completely out of context. Way, way outside the, the realm of understanding of scripture. As I've made mention many times before, the last time God asked man what they thought or their views or their understanding was in the Garden of Eden. When he asked Adam to name the creatures, he wanted to see what they were going to call them. Since then, man has not been asked by God regarding anything they think about, regarding his word. Now, we have to look at before Christ came, the Old Testament and how men operated. Men were the people of God. His children were under the law. And the law, unfortunately, was only a reminder of sin. That's all it was. It wasn't a removal of sin because every year they had an annual sacrifice where they took a, a, an animal and they 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 sacrificed the animal as as a way to in a sense cover the sins of the people but because they knew that every single year they were going to complete this this ritual that God had commanded of them there was no real reason to live holy there was no real reason to live righteous and in fact there wasn't the ability to live holy and righteous and whatever truths they needed to know they didn't get that information typically by themselves. It came by way of the high priest. Just as when Moses went up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, he received them from God and came back and brought them to the people. So men were literally at a loss with doing what was right in the sight of God because they were continuously reminded of sins. This is why you look at the history of the Israelites. God sent Elijah Isaiah, uh, Joel, uh, Jeremiah, and, and so many other people to speak to his children at places where they continually diverted from his truth, didn't follow his commands, picked up ways of pagans. And, and God got to a place where he said, you know, I, I'm done with this. I'm going to make a once and for all sacrifice, which will be his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the important piece is to understand exactly Jesus Christ's effort or what he did when he came. He came and he gave his life as a blameless lamb for the sins of humanity. But because of his sacrifice, he, it didn't remove the sins of humanity. And this is something a lot of people miss, obviously, because of you know a lack of Holy Spirit discernment. He didn't do away with sin. Sin still remained. 
And I heard someone say, you know, Jesus Christ came and now because of what he did on the cross, there's no longer sin. That's not what the Bible says. It says he bore all our sins on the cross as in he paid the price for the sins we would commit. However, sin did not leave the earth. It's still here. Now, once he ascended to the throne, returned to heaven, the Ruach Kadesh was sent to enable us to walk holy and righteous. That was the purpose because the law was not able to do that because we're constantly in this reminding phase of, hey, I know I'm going to have to sacrifice uh, for this sin I'm going to commit. So there is no real reason to say, let me do away with this unrighteousness. I mean, there were laws that if you committed certain things, if you made certain decisions that you either were killed or you were punished or whatever the case may be. But in the, the day, if you lived, you still got to go on and, and, and commit sin because there were the sacrifices. But I want to tell you that having the Holy Spirit in this season is essential. It is very, very vital. It is not something that we can just pass over. It was nothing the apostles passed over when they held their church services, when they preached. People came and they said they 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 listened to the message of Christ, re repentance and remission of sins, and uh, they received him and they were baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John 14, 26, he says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, again, will teach you all things and bring things bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's a really important scripture right there. Because when we say, well, you know, this book is missing and that book's not there or this teacher is not correct or that's not the true understanding. He said, I will give you the helper to help you understand everything. So you're not left at the mercy of some theologian, some Bible scholar or preacher or pastor or some teacher regarding his word. The ultimate goal of a pastor is to, is to shepherd the flock, to, in a sense, wheel them in and keep them in line with the truth of God's word. A much needed piece to the ministry, a much needed piece to the faith, because obviously you go back and you look at the Israelites. God's chosen his people were constantly going astray, constantly moving con uh, contrary to God's commands. This is the season for mass deception. And we need to recognize the need, the urgent need to have this leadership of the Holy Spirit and be obedient to walk with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 25, Paul writes, therefore, putting away lying to each, let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Give nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give him who has need. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking 
be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, Paul is telling us there's some ways about us, things that we do, stuff that's inside of us that we need to put away with. We need to do away with. And he's telling us in the midst of describing these categories that we are not to grieve the Holy Spirit. He says, for by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, I want to tell you, a lot of people take that scripture, that piece right there, sealed for the day of redemption. And they use that to say, well, I'm sealed, once saved, always saved. Unfortunately, again, this is a lack of Holy Spirit leadership teaching and guidance guiding us to be able to see that this is that's not what this means. First, when you look at the scripture, when he says, do not grieve, to grieve means to you're missing someone. They, they, they are no longer there. You're grieving that, that person. And he says, we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit, meaning we're not to uh, be in a place where the Holy Spirit cannot reach us. The Holy Spirit cannot teach us. He cannot guide us. And then he goes on to say, you were sealed for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. To be sealed, it means to be it means to be basically covered up, locked up. But we can't be sealed by the Holy Spirit if we're grieving the Holy Spirit because he can't reach us. He can't connect with us. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've uh, all experienced a loss of someone near to us. And when we lose them, we have that grieving that happens inside of us because they're no longer we're no longer able to reach them. We're no longer able to 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 be a part of them anymore. And Paul outlines different characteristics or different actions that we can do, like corrupt words or, um, you know, anger, wrath, bitterness. And he said these are the things that cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved, cannot, you know, connect with us. And that's very, very important to realize because we, you know, the same people who will tell you their seal will be the same people that have the bitterness, the anger, the wrath, the clamor, all these different things. And they're like, well, I'm sealed because they're looking at it from a place of flesh and not a place of a spiritual discernment by the Holy Ghost. So, again, leadership of the Holy Spirit is very important. And I said, again, Paul, he he continues to reference this as he addresses the different bodies throughout the uh, the land when he talks to them. In Galatians 5, 16, he says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, for the lust of the flesh, the, the excuse me, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. He's telling us that inside of us, there are things we want to do that are contrary to the Holy Spirit. But there's a there's a war that goes on in there between uh, in us and the Holy Spirit. So we don't do what we want to do. But when we do that, as he mentioned before, uh, we grieve him because now he can't reach us. Now he can't use us. Now we're not walking with the Holy Spirit. It's like anything else. God, God can't uh, have any wickedness and, and evil and sin around him because he's a holy and righteous God. Same thing with his spirit. The moment we do things that, that are against the, the will of God, 
then he no longer has access to use us, to guide us, to enlighten us and all the above. He said, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. All right. So we're no longer operating through these complete these Levitical priesthood laws or trying to make sure we match the law in our life said by being led by the spirit. But when you're led by the spirit, the spirit doesn't lead you to break the law. It doesn't lead you to go against the law. In verse 19, he said, now the works of the flesh are evident. They are adultery, fornication, uh, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, and the alike, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, Paul names wrath, outbursts of wrath, and these different uh, behaviors but also says the same thing in Ephesians chapter four. It says these things you, you need to not do. But like I said before, because of a lack of discernment through God's spirit, that one verse, uh, Ephesians four, verse 30, where they say you are sealed with the, with the spirit, the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption, that you are basically no matter what you do, you are um, okay. Because he got you. He's he, he has you locked in. So it, that's why, you know, the Holy Spirit will take you through these scriptures and he will empower you. He will uh, educate you. He will enlighten you so that you're not walking around with a false sense of salvation. One of the most detrimental things people have today. You know, I was talking to another person and they were telling me here recently that you know, I, I I haven't been in church in a while, but I'm a Christian, you know, and I feel like, you know, I should just I, I should be a Christian because, hey, what if it's right? What if it's true? And I find out in the end it, it was true or, you know, hey, I decide I don't want to be a Christian and I find out in the end that it, it is true and I, and I should have been one. What a warped way of thinking. Only the devil, only this only Satan who is master manipulator can cause someone to think like this. The same person I know doesn't live righteous or holy in a, in a uh, shacking up relationship, fornication or not married, but I'm Christian. So I'm good to go. I'm sealed. So I can still live contrary to holiness and righteousness, a big mistake. But again, that is what's being taught today and, and throughout you know, church institutions, of course, it's society, it's the world. They're, they're definitely going to tell you to live righteous. But in churches now, it's one thing when you see it in the world, how they live any kind of way, complete lawlessness. And it's something totally different when you see it in church institutions. You know, more and more, the world is coming in, shaping the church. These these church institutions, the world's music, their, their way of communicating to the people what they've accepted. It's all from the world coming inside and sadly deceiving many, many, many people. In Galatians 5, 22, he said, but the, 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 the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, 
long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you operate in these, you are showing that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that you are walking with the Holy Spirit. Not that you were baptized, not that you were a Christian, but the Holy Spirit is actually leading you. Paul says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the Bible also tells that there, there is no condemnation that those who, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but the Spirit. But, you know, when you're, when you're deceived, you take a scripture and you teach falsehood. And verse 25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I see this all the time in church institutions. I even deal with it on social media. A flat out truth in God's word. Clear as all, as clear as the sun is shining, someone will still come on and they will try to provoke me with some off the wall statement of what they don't like about what was shared, whatever the case may be. I had a person tell me today, you know, your perspective was quite interesting. I don't, I always believe something contrary. And I said, you know, first and foremost, I didn't share my perspective, which is truly irrelevant, has no bearing whatsoever. God never asked me for that. I shared the biblical truth about this teaching, not what I felt about it, but what was written in the word of God. The Holy Spirit has to be our guiding force, our light, our educator, our confirmer, our comforter, our helper. We need the Holy Spirit in this season. There is no way to discern truth from a lie without the Holy Spirit. There is no way. I know people say, well, you know, I've been to theology school, seminary school, Bible college. I've been a minister for 40 years. What does any of that matter if your, if your lifestyle does not reflect the one Jesus Christ said? If we don't keep his commandments, if we don't overcome our heart from this world. You know, I was talking to a, a newfound brother in Christ here recently, and he was telling me how he knows this pastor and he's real dear to him. And this pastor who preaches, he said, on fire. He, he has these uh, amazing services, but for vacation, he takes his kids to Disneyland and he tried to explain him to, to him all the wickedness, the origin of Disneyland and their wickedness that exists. And the pastor was just like, well, you know, this is just, that's our family vacation. So how do you get into this place of, well, I'm doing God's will. And all of a sudden I get off the train to go enjoy a vacation. Now I'm going to just get involved in something that I have, I should have no business being involved in, especially when the Bible says, be ye separate, come from among them. And you say you are, you know, a pastor for the people you're leading the flock, you're edifying the body of Christ. And when he told me this, all I could hear was in my spirit, on that day, many will come unto me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things? And he will say, I never knew you away from me. The Holy Spirit is the counselor, is, is knowledge, and it is the power of God for us to do his will. We need his leadership. We need to 
humble ourselves, and accept his leadership. We have to put away our perspectives. We have to put away whatever education we have uh, taught by man in these institutions, wherever the case may be, and let the Spirit of God lead us. Let the Spirit of God move through us. Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can actually think, according to the power that worketh in us. That power that works in us is the Ruach Kadesh, the Holy Ghost. We need that power because without it, we'll give in to anything. I, I was, I was, I had some free time the other day and I was, you know, just sitting around thinking, what can I do to entertain myself? As I had some little time to kick back and I, and I saw uh, this, this um, notification that came through, this email that came through about this new uh, space TV series. You know, these people that venture off into wherever, you know, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And immediately my spirit was convicted. That was the Holy Spirit telling me that's not the road you need to go down. Stay in the stay in the truth. I knew it inside. Now, I had a decision to make. Now, when we decide, hey, I want to make the decision that is righteous, the Holy Spirit will empower us to do that. The Bible tells that God will not tempt us beyond uh, measure. Or not tempted, he will not, you know, we will not, we will not be tempted beyond measure. And he, he will allow us to have an escape for the things that we come up against. But we have to decide to take that escape. Now, it may be a rough one. It may be an uphill escape, but it's still an escape that the Spirit of God can empower us to take to journey through. Knowing the word, doing the word is made possible through the Holy Spirit. Being free from sin is only possible through the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So when we are in a situation that looks like we're being, we could be bound to whatever it is, depression, anxiety, uh, any kind of thoughts or ways that are not consistent with walking with Christ, that's when the Spirit of God comes in and helps helps us remain free from being held in bondage by these things. We, we, we can't counsel out demons. We can't manage these problems. We need the Spirit of God. If Jesus Christ had to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, why shouldn't we? Because he tells us that, you know, he went into the wilderness uh, led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. In Romans 15, 13, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, and loving, so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in, the power of the Holy Spirit in you may abound in hope. There it is again. There are a lot of uh, scripture references that identifies who the Holy Spirit is, how he operates, and why we need him. It's not just some weird ghost thing floating around in the air. It is God's spirit sent to put us on that narrow path and keep us on that narrow path that leads to life, everlasting life. In Romans 8, verse 9, 
Paul writes again, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So that's why, you know, I, it, it irks me and rightfully so when I look around and see these preachers say, come on down here if you want to give your life to Christ. And then they get baptized whenever, if ever. But they say they are born again and they're walking with Jesus Christ, but they were never baptized in the Father, name in the, the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and I, I knew where the conversation was going with this gentleman who pretty much said he was a Christian just to have that as like some type of life insurance or whatever. And um, when I asked him, I said, have you been baptized? He said, no, not yet. So I knew who I was talking to. But, you know, in the, the day, all you can do is share the gospel and you can and pray for people. They have to want to, uh, you know, if God draws them to Christ, then they would have to want to accept that opportunity. But it goes back to denying yourself. It goes back to uh, what Jesus said from the beginning. You have to put away you, meaning what you think about it, how you feel about it, and accept that, that, that journey with Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm, I'm grateful that the apostles showed us this. When Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem, but tarry, he said, wait. Until you receive the gift from on high. They should, you know, and logically they should have left because Jerusalem became a hot spot for those who follow Jesus Christ. Crucifixion all over the place. But they put aside they, their feelings and whatever it is that they could have used it to, to maybe escape or, or quit. And they, they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, chapter 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then appeared to them divided tongues as on fire and sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, they were, had received the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, as I'm looking at this, this reminds me of one of these uh, meetings I went to some years ago where a preacher was telling everybody if they wanted to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and come on down here. So there's one lady who was bold enough and she went down there or maybe confused enough, but she went down and the preacher started talking to her and said, all right, you want to see the Holy Spirit? All right, let me, just, let me, he started, he prayed and he said, right, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And, and now I want you to start speaking in tongues. And she looked around like, well, what, what are you talking about? She was kind of confused and said, you know, it, it's going to come out. Just let it come out. And then she just she's still looking around like what's happening. And, you know, she's kind of like on the spot and you can see her just trying to figure out what to do because she doesn't want to. You know, if he just laid his hands on her and gave her the Holy Spirit, then now he can teach her how to speak. At least that's what she thought. And next, thing you know, she starts moving her mouth and making these kind of sounds. He's like, there you go. That's it. There you go. Boom. I see it. Yep. That's the Holy Spirit. 
And I was with my wife at the time at this at this particular meeting. And we looked at each other like, wow. So that's how they do it, right? But yet, when you look at Acts, none of that happened. The Bible says they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Not the preacher, not one of the apostles, but the Spirit. Important to realize. You know, someone, I, I was talking to another gentleman today, and one thing, he was asking me about, you know, just different signs in the church. Are these things biblical? And I said, there are times when I see stuff and I say, I'm not sure. And I ask God to give me understanding about acts of spirits and Holy Spirit to guide me. And I will go to the scriptures and I will look and I will see in the word of God. OK, that's not um, that's not what happened. That's not how we should operate. And there have been times where I haven't had a clear answer to a certain thing. And I told him, I said, this is what I've learned to do. This is what God has led me to do. Because some of the stuff you won't even have to ask a question about if you actually look at the root of the ministry. How was the house built? What foundation are they on? Because Christ gave two examples of foundations. He said, the ones who do my words and put it into practice, they're like those who built their house on a rock. When the storm came, the house stood the crazy storm. But the house that was built on sand, when the same storm came, devoured the house. So I go and I look and see what kind of ministry this is. What are they preaching? What do they represent? Are they following the entirety of God's word? Because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit don't operate in partially effective or partially obedient ministries. It doesn't work like that. We can't be half-stepping with God and have the Spirit of God operate in our life in our ministry, in our church institution, none of that. It doesn't work that way. It may sound like it do, but it doesn't. And I told him, this is how you get a clear understanding of, is this from God? Is this how the, the, the gift or the operation of the church is supposed to be? And, and that, that, a lot of times that'll cut us out of trying to do all this deep research to try to figure out, what well, is that biblical or not? And then again, as we read the Bible with the Holy Spirit's leadership, we'll see a lot of the things stand out to us. I, I constantly go into the scriptures and I look at uh, just reading through the Bible and I say, wow, man, this reminds me of that time when this happened. Well, that wasn't biblical. Well, this reminds me of the time when that happened. Well, of course, that didn't line with the word of God either. But it takes that going through the word of God and wanting the Holy Spirit to lead you, to teach you, because there are times that God's made stuff known to me that I didn't even read in the Bible. I was able to go back and, and look and see it was in there, but it was me wanting to know that, that, that agony, that yearning to know the answer, praying about it, fasting about it, so he can open up your mind and open up your heart and put you in that place to be able to receive his truth. But we got to want it. We got to want it like we want oxygen. We got to want it like we want to come out of that water because we're not a fish. So we can't stay down there. We got to we got to want it that bad. And that's when God will, will not just reveal himself, his word to us, but it will be confirmed. And I remember when I was sitting in a, a church years ago and 
I was just watching the crowd. Every time the pastor said something, people were just going wild. They were shouting and praising and jumping up and down. And the pastor was like hitting all these powerful points. And I'm sitting there like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't understand why they were so excited because I heard that before. I heard this before. I heard that, you know, everything he said, I heard it before. So why are this, why are they going so wild every time he hit these points? And the spirit of God made something very known, very known to me very clearly. He said, when you study the word of God with my leadership, the word goes from revelation to confirmation. People in the church were being revealed some things and they were all excited. To me, it was simply confirmation. And that's why we need to walk step for step with the Holy Spirit. So we can already see things happening. We can already tell what's coming down our road. We can tell the person that we're getting ready to have a conversation to where they are in their walk with Christ. The Holy Spirit will make that known to you. The reason why is so that you can, he will be able to give you what to say to these people to help them become obedient, to have a heart for God, or even to rebuke somebody. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. The reason Jesus, the reason why God poured out his spirit in these days is, is that not just so that you can have that you can go ahead and prophesy and give visions and dreams so that you can warn people. The purpose of a vision, a dream and a prophecy is to warn people. And what are we warning people about the last days, the end time, just like the vision dream I had the other day? about the Antichrist. It wasn't for me to just keep that in myself to be like, okay, I've had this dream. Let me make sure my family's together. No, that was for me to bring forth to the body of Christ. Listen, don't let the season, don't let the, the misunderstanding about the seasons fool you. We are in the last days. This is the convergence. Everything he said will happen is happening as we speak. So we need to do as he said in Matthew 24, watch and pray always that we may be counted worthy to escape all that is coming on the earth. It's not that people stop watching and praying. They are still watching. It's just now it's Netflix. It's ABC. It's The View. It's politics. It's CBS. It's all these different, you know, things that either make them feel good or things that they want to give their opinion on and argue about. And the praying, that hasn't stopped either. Praying is, oh, I'm praying for my blessing, my big house. I'm praying for my miracles so I can walk in the favor of God with all these uh, great things for my business and be able to do all these worldly things. Because, you know, God wants to bless you, right? He don't want you to be in lack. So we got to pray for all this stuff. All the while, never seeking the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. The Bible says all these things shall be added to you. And the only reason why we have either done this or no believers or those who at least claim to believe, to believe have done this is because there is two spirits in the earth. It is the spirit of God who is the God of heaven, Yahweh, 
And then there's the spirit of the devil, God of this world. And he leads us on a path contrary, that wide road that is not consistent with the narrow gate leading us to life. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Jesus Christ said, be baptized in the name of the Father, which is Yahweh, the Son, Jesus or Yeshua, and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadesh. That's how you receive the Holy Spirit. It's here. We don't have to say Holy Spirit come down anymore or Holy Spirit fall fresh on me. Once you receive the Spirit of God through baptism, he is now in you. Our bodies, as Paul said, are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now we have to just be obedient. We have to go into prayer and fasting so we can hear God's voice. We can hear the Holy Spirit. We can, when he nudges us and woos us in a, in a direction as for our good and, his, and the glory of God, we can hear and obey. The enemy wants to take out as many people as he can. He wants to hold people. He wants to hold as many people as he can in bondage before his time is up. That's his objective. That is his goal. That is the reason why he's doing all the things that he's doing. If he can captivate you with a lie, then guess what? He will do it. And he will keep on doing it. You know, the, with the devil and every human being got in common is that we all, most of us know that our time is short. But what's different between the devil and most people, even a lot of believers, is that he don't waste his time. He's not sitting around watching TV. He's not watching his favorite sports, sport, sporting event on the weekend. He's out at work. Going to and for the earth, looking to see whom he may devour. Because he knows his end is he knows his end is coming. He's not on this, well, you know, maybe one day God's gonna give me another chance, everything's gonna turn around, there's gonna be a revival. No. <laughs> he says, I know my time is up. I'm gonna be on my knees and on my face before the Almighty in the end, and he's gonna cast me into the lake of fire. But in the meantime, Let's get as many souls to join me as, as possible. The most devastating sore loser on the planet in the history of time. He's defeated. Absolutely. We won. But we're not going to enjoy that victory if we're not led by the spirit of God. We're not. Don't let the social gospel progressive Christianity fool you. We have to. Have the spirit of the almighty and walk with him every day. So I, I, I want to encourage you to know the truth of the Holy Spirit. Go back in the word of God and look at scriptures. Look at the teachings, the context of the scripture of the Holy Spirit and yield to the Holy Spirit. We all want things we want to do. That's the flesh. You, we're not going to get past that. It, don't, it doesn't matter how deep you are. doesn't matter. Even Paul, Paul himself said, you know, I'd rather be absent from the body, but I remain because I have work to do. He said, I, if I could, I'd go ahead and leave this thing right now, get up out this flesh and go be with God. But out of obedience to the Holy Spirit's leadership, he said, I stay here and do what God has commanded me to do until God says my time is up. That's all of us. 
You know, and obviously some of our desires is nothing like what Paul wanted. He wanted to go to heaven. Some of us, we just want to go hang out. So let's be obedient in this season of mass deception. There are many antichrists, false Christs, and false Christianities or Christianity and false Christians that are walking the earth as we speak. Let's make sure we are not one or led by one. And the only way to know that is through the spirit God gave us to walk in his will. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this truth regarding your spirit, the Ruach Kadesh. We thank you for empowering us through your truth. We know that it is only by your spirit that we're able to understand and do what you have commanded us to do. We know that it's possible because you sent us uh, leaders of the faith who showed us when filled with the Holy Spirit and deciding to be obedient, we can do all that you command us to do. We know that Satan is defeated, that he is no longer victorious, and that we, through the spirit of you, God, Yahweh, we can be victorious too. The enemy is defeated, and we are thankful, we rejoice, we're glad, and we're going to walk as such, by faith, obedient, with your spirit leading us all the way. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.